Welcome to Joyfield and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. We are in a new series called Struggling to Be Joyfield and Jesus Led where you're invited into conversations between me and my husband, Matt Daniels, where we explore some of these issues that can confuse me or even enrage me. These conversations are completely unplanned, where I show up with whatever's bothering me, explain the situation, and then ask Matt to help me make sense of what's going on. Matt's my sounding board. He is a highly intelligent man with an incredible capacity for both empathy and systemic thinking. I find these conversations thought-provoking, enlightening and insightful. I hope you do as well. Without further ado, I give you this week's struggling to stay joy-fueled and Jesus-led. I hope you enjoy. So we're out on a morning walk this morning. It is 40 degrees in Nashville, Tennessee. Is it? It was like 34 I think it's gone up to 40. Yeah, it's, it's quickly rising, thankfully. And so if we sound a little winded, it's because we're trying to get some exercise while we, while we talk. And, uh, yeah. Or because I turned 52 days ago <laughs> and now we're both old people. That's right. That's right. Well, last time we were here uh, talking, we were talking about different stages of moral development. What was his name? The person that... Kohlberg. Kohlberg, that's right. Lawrence. Yes, different stages of moral development. We broke it down into like three main categories, but like you said, I think there's like nine in total uh, or six. six or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we covered the main ones. And we ended the conversation talking about, uh, which was just fascinating, I thought, how it ended of just where impulsivity shows up in me. And then even how... You know, and, and how it shows up differently, you know, in you and in other, you yeah. know, how each person it kind of will that show very up. very early stage development. Thank stuff. you. Yes, yes, early stage of development. And we ended up talking about or mentioning that, oh, wow, all of these stages uh, ideally are at work inside of us. Um, because in order to get to the next stage, you have to kind of complete the first one but that doesn't mean it goes away (laughs) it means now you can actually use it for good and so we talked about that which was fascinating we didn't spend a whole lot of time there so we might cover a little bit more of that today as we get into our conversation but what we also were talking about was just how we sometimes find ourselves instead of all the stages there and, and someone kind of acting as the parent or the leader (laughs) in our system, helping all of those things work healthily, sometimes we're lacking that parental voice or that guidance voice. And maybe we have a lot of different stages happening inside of us that take control or that uh, act out sometimes or things like that 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 could happen to us as as people. We were using the moral framework stage, I mean the moral framework as as a a playground last time we were talking, but I mean, we could do the same thing with maturity charts, right? Uh, yep. with um, Dr. Wilder's <clears throat> maturity charts, infant spiral dynamics. Yeah, then we oh, yeah. could, yeah, I was going to name them, but we don't oh, have yeah. to. You can, uh, well, infant, child level development, parent, adult, oh, adult, good, adult, parent, parent and elder. 
those five stages. That's a great framework to use. Or we could use spiral dynamics. Right, that's just too confusing. Don't Which even, is way don't too confusing. Open the lid. <laughs> but for those people out there who've heard about it, uh, if you haven't, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but we could use that as a as a framework as well. Which I mean, I would I would I'm probably butchering that, but yeah. I would I would call it kind of the maturity stages or the developmental stages of community or of um, communal thinking. Yeah. Like, how would you put that in, in a, a normal person's language? Oh, you, you sort of stretch normal person's language <laughs> okay. to talk about, which is great. Okay. I mean, that, have so, to grow, but, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way I explain it to people. So Because they understand maturity charts a lot of times. Yeah. They understand moral development. You would talk about the development of structures of consciousness. And right there, you've lost everybody. And we've lost everyone. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, uh, anyway, we, we'll skip that for now. Um, <laughs> but any of these frameworks then, they all, they all seem to have the same development or process in go. that you, we grow and mature as humans through each one of these. And if that, that um, I don't want to say lower stage, how do you talk about these? Earlier stage. If the earlier stage, thank you. If the earlier stage is met and the needs are met and the, um, the work, the maturity work is done in that stage. Yeah. Then you get that stage, and you get to move to the next one. Right. And when you're, when yeah, as you biologically move to another stage, then all the stuff on the inside goes along with you. Your emotional maturity, moral maturity. Exactly. Exactly. Cognitive maturity. So that ideally, when you become an adult, or a parent, or an elder, you you have a lot of. Um, a frameworks to work with or a maturity to work with right yep. so but sometimes as we know most of the time all the time that doesn't happen yeah. and and so um dr wilder and others talk about you know the swiss cheese effect yeah gaps <laughs> That's right, holes gaps. holes in your development holes in your development so that it doesn't mean i i don't have any moral development it just means like we talked about last time that sometimes certain issues will trigger me and I will, I'll drop into one of these holes, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. And this impulsive part takes over or could take right. over, right? Or at least it emerges. And then if I don't have the tools to navigate that, then I can get in trouble. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm just framing it for yep. everyone who might be just jumping into this conversation today. But what we were talking about last time of going, oh, we, we should talk about this. We should talk about this is, you know, you. I, I mean, I would love to hear your experience personally, if you, however deep you want to go, however vulnerable, but of living with different, these different stages. And we can use the moral development framework if you want, because we were talking about that last time of the impulsive. Yeah. Uh, the, what did you call them? Imp impulse, law and love? Yeah, sort of the impulsive stage and then, uh, um, right, sort of a law. And then love, yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. And just what that's looked like for you as you have matured, and, and really, you know, how Christianity has helped in, in, in different stages of your life, and then maybe how it's harmed in other stages. Morning. Morning. How it's harmed in other stages, because I know that impacts how you and I have come to be church together right. in the world. Um, yep. So, yeah, uh, so my own 
moral development. So we're talking about in the places where I struggle and how um, my different uh, faith and church relationships have either helped or hindered that. Yeah, I mean, eventually, but okay. mainly just how these different stages of development can exist in you yeah, at the sure. same time yep. and what that, what that process has looked like for you to mature so that they don't take over. Yeah. <clears throat> what did it even look like for you to discover they were there and, and that you had to do some uh, prior development work that you thought right. you already had done? Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so first I'll say a couple of things. Um, is that healthy development will happen, and this is sort of a dub, but maybe not. Even if you never have like the language to describe mm-hmm. developmental process, like we're talking about it now, as though we're sort of outside of it, looking yeah. at like scientists and naming all the categories. Yeah. And, like people morally develop normal. healthy, yeah. and you don't. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's rest assured. Yeah, then, hopefully our other, children are developing yeah. through all these, and they have no idea. Yeah. The other thing is that when we do start learning language for this, it becomes really easy to start categorizing people. Oh, oh that's a stage one person, mm. or that's a stage two or stage three. And what it sounds like you're getting at when, what, with what you're asking me is uh, to describe is to just pointing out the fact that there isn't like a stage one person. It's these things are active Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've grown through them, but you can um, regress into any stage at any point, and um, and that we're all a mixed bag, um, even when we've done our maturity work. Yes, and that really, for for me, the purpose of the conversation isn't so I can judge others, because as we talked about last podcast, that tends yeah. to be my impulsive behavior, yeah. acting out. <laughs> yep. But um, when I can... Um, recognize in myself um, what I need to grow, right? Yeah. And the, you know, for me to recognize, for example, that when I judge people, that is, that's, I'm going to just say it, immature behavior to yeah. some degree. Like it's behavior that has a, it's part of me, not just behavior. Yep. It's a part, because it's a feeling almost that emerges, right? So it's a part of me that is there that I can't just ignore or act like it's not there. And yeah. You know, yes, I cannot act out of that part of me. But when I can recognize, oh, there's a part of me there. Then there's a process of me loving that part, taking care of that part, leading that part to Jesus even, right. and, and, and letting, letting that part know what it needs to know from Jesus. Because as we said last time, in some, way, in some cases, those, those parts of me actually bring really good stuff, right? Like, right? like we talked about, if I wake up tomorrow and I want to write a book, right? Yeah, the impulse. I, yeah, is the there. impulse is the there, and I can listen to Jesus. I can. Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> I can listen to Jesus and my heart and talk to God about that, and God might go, you know what, Tony? Yes, yes. <laughs> I want you to write that book today. You go with that impulsive part of you and cancel all your meetings, right? Yep. Or I might wake up and go, I want to stay in bed all day, and. Maybe, you know, I need to talk to God about that. And he says, you know what? Yeah, you've been going nonstop. You gave so much this weekend. You're going to burn out if you don't rest, right? So it's like we want to listen to these other parts of us and not squelch them or ignore them, right? So that's the purpose for me in having these conversations is I think all too often Christian people have been taught 
to squelch these voices, to ignore them, to act like they're not there. But as we oh, have part of your broken sinful heart. And yes, it's yeah. part of your broken sinful nature. And as we've heard many times over, it's that quote we've heard well, before. John, John White has said it, and he can't figure out who to attribute it to. But <laughs> I thought you came up with it. No, no. He says any part of ourselves that we deny or resist will uh, head off to a distant land and set up war against us. Mm, 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 mm. So true, so true. So, so my goal in having this conversation isn't that we analyze other people, but yeah. that people might get one. Oh, baby. There's so many deer. Oh, my gosh. That people might get a, a bigger understanding of themselves and understand what they need or yeah. when, when they need help, you know, but also how to have compassion on themselves and, in, in all honesty, why so many Christian leaders get caught in adultery? My, why so many get caught in embezzling or so many get caught in sexual abuse? You know, like there is a pandemic going on in Christian leaders. Yeah, divided that, life. Yes, that a they hidden, have lived hidden, hidden divided lives. And I think this is the very root yeah. of what that's about, honestly. So, and I know you have. So do you want to talk about my adultery or my embezzlement? You are so silly. <laughs> I have successfully dodged talking about my story for five minutes now. Yes, so. you have. You're, you're good at this. All right, I'll dodge no more. Um. No, I get it. Um, well, here's the other thing I think we're talking about. Um, that's that's a good thing to break down is I never, ever liked... Can I just for the record state that you have not committed adultery? Yeah. I don't know about the embezzlement, no. but I don't think you have done that either. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> the, the IRS is going to be listening. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just get that out no, of the way. No, no adultery or embezzlement. <laughs> Although I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not immune. Yeah. So we'll say that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think a good place for, for this space to talk about would be um i'm just going to talk about overeating what i'm struggling to do right now at age 50 just turning of saying Hmm. when am i going to get this healthy lifestyle stuff down and not cater to uh Mm -hmm. man life is hard give me a candy bar so i think Mm. we can have the whole Mm. conversation and probably everybody can relate to Mm -hmm. it and like half the people are cringing well everybody's cringing (laughs) Everyone's, Everyone's cringing, cringing <laughs> because half of the people are like, oh, God, I get that. Are we really going to look at that? And, oh, maybe there'll be something good. And the other half will be like, yeah, why can't these people get their stuff together? <laughs> so that, that's cringing on both sides. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, but <clears throat> um, I, I've never liked, I remember early great on. Great topic, too, for the holidays. Just yeah, saying, oh Thanksgiving, gosh, well, great, by the time this post, Thanksgiving will be passed. But... We can Christmas lament is together. coming. Can lament Party together. season is coming. Yeah. So, impulsiveness. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, to read it in this, you know, developmental framework. Is uh, early stage development, which is um, seek pleasure, avoid pain. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, zero to two to four. You know, your first chance to to grow through it, and. Um, and how that relates to addictions in adulthood. Um, again, we're not specialists on this. So we have our own experience and the stuff we've read and lived and heard, but we know more than maybe we give, I know more than I give myself credit for. But I remember being bothered in a conversation 
with a long-term sober alcoholic friend decades ago. Mm. Um, when he talked about a quote-unquote addictive personality. Mm. And I hear people talk about that, and maybe it exists. I mean, I thought it existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. So this is good. Yeah. School me here. <laughs> well, I think that, I think that you can have an addictive structure set up inside mm. someone's mm. personality, but it's wow. kind of like, oh, the essence of you, almost like it's a, almost like it's um, like ADD. Wow. You know, okay. I get it. If you're diagnosed ADD, you've got that. And you're I mean, don't they say it's a disease? I mean, alcoholism is a especially. disease. Addictions are, right, diseases, but I think there's a setup for okay. that. But anyway, that's probably far too far down the rabbit hole. And Good conversation, though. But yeah, and I think it, 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 it uh, certainly traps a person okay. to be like, well, I'm just this way. You know, um, mm -hmm. I have an addictive personality. And, mm -hmm. and so... Um, which can be a useful, I think, a useful view for a time. But we'll say this. So early stage development is impulse. Um, and I think how this has shown up in my life, my history, I've always looked at you and I've always just thought, man, she, you know, she doesn't struggle. She's your uh, innately regimented and disciplined and, um, you know, we've talked about our, our one of the lifelong conversations for us has been um, I'm pausing mm -hmm. because I don't know that I feel ready to have this conversation uh, I feel mm -hmm. um, well I mean I won't pause the recording but I'll just say I am yeah this, there's a a level of there's a level of intimacy in this, and um, that one because I'm getting into a very intimate, tender space. I ramble more, mm -hmm. and so I'm, it feels a little sprung on me, like a um, yeah, yeah, like like I don't know that. I don't know them in a space to talk about this, and um, and I might get there. I can mm -hmm. just talk about it and see what happens. But um, I think it's helpful mm -hmm. for me to um, look at what it's like when I am. struggling well with my impulsivity um, <clears throat> and um, and a place of thriving and what it has looked like throughout my life um, and we could speculate how it relates to some of the developmental levels um, and then again how much of this stuff um, I always want to be overcautious that we're not, or I want to be cautious that we're not oversimplifying things. Yeah. Like everything is related to the Enneagram where everything mm. can be mm. explained by a moral, moral development framework. Um, I think other organic mental illness things like I've mentioned, um, 
like ADD and addiction is a huge factor <coughs> because you might have low dopamine levels for whatever reason and mm. Mm. whatever grabs you and stimulates you. So it's not like, oh, well, your mother didn't breastfeed you, so therefore you, you know, are an addict. Um, wow. But there could be a lot of other yeah other things going on besides just moral development or yep. emotional development even there's biological issues going on too sure in a lot of people so you, you yeah. just want to make sure that um this is a very tender conversation and and um yeah it would be terrible and you know i have a friend of mine who recently found out they have adhd and it it has changed their whole life because up until that moment, they have had a shameful read on themselves, right? Yep. That, you know, I just can't get my stuff together. I'm just inept. Um, you know, I'm not mature, right? Yeah. And so I appreciate that you bring things like that up because those, yeah, those things affect us. Biological things affect us. You know, our, our hormones, our chemistry, our everything. Yep. So it really is a holistic issue. And again, you know, having this conversation isn't to, to even judge ourselves right yeah. <laughs> but again that might be hard for some people to not yep. judge themselves right but to have yeah. compassion on ourselves and actually be able to recognize our parts that are tender yeah and that are in need yep. and and be able to give them what they need i think that's what this is about for me because you know when we say there's a part you know the the first stage of moral development is avoid pain yeah um, and seek pleasure, let's say, yep. you know, that's, that's an important part of us that wants to avoid pain and, yeah. and who wouldn't, you know, right. who wouldn't want to avoid pain. So to be able to love that part of us yep. and cherish that part of us instead of hate them and ignore them. Yeah. And I think that's my whole point here is if we're judging ourselves, then we're going to hate and ignore that part because we're right. not going to, we're exactly. not going to make space for yep. our tender parts. And I, I think that that has never led to maturity or health at all. It's yeah. led to addiction. It's led to acting out. It's led to everything we see with narcissism in the church today and sexual yeah. abuse. So, yep. you know, so my goal again is to help people find compassion and, and to model, you know, these, these parts of us need Jesus too. <laughs> Yeah, and, and how beautiful when I can bring a tender part of myself to Christ and he holds them and meets their needs yep. for protection or for comfort. Yeah. And I don't have to go get a Snickers bar to do it. Yeah. Right. Because now I know what yep. this part needs. They don't need Snickers. They actually need some some adult parenting from myself, God or an, a, another human that I love. Right. Yeah. Well, they, and they need. Yeah. And they need their brain to be able to fire in different ways than it's firing in that moment. And, right. you know, so that's, the, I think, the other piece of this, too, is that we we tend to think of, hey, these are individuals fighting individual problems. And, you know, when we talk like this about it, then maybe what we'll be doing is giving out nice tips and tricks for individuals to improve themselves. And, you like, that's also not the lens. Right. Because what people need is, uh, one of the key needs is deeper, deeper connection with other yeah. human beings which actually causes your brain to fire differently when you get exactly. into the weeds on some of those things. And so. story, story, because I don't think enough people talk about these things yep. because they are so intimate. So I think there's a lot of people who struggle and they don't know they're not alone. Yeah. They don't yeah. know that 
seriously, everyone else struggles with this too? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so part, so those are my motives, right? Is that, yep. with, especially with this podcast, you know, it's real, real life where the divine intersects with real life. It's, it's how do we, how do we do this thing? And what does it look like with feet on it? Not theoretically, right? right. But can we give stories to people who, who want, who need to hear yep. that this is, oh, this happened and this is how they, they managed it. And yeah. not for tips and tricks, but for hope that, uh, one, it's not their fault that they're struggling. I mean, right. that, that was huge for us to realize, you know what, we didn't do, we, we're, we did anything wrong to get to the place where we are right now or where we were in any right. stage, right? We, we didn't do anything wrong. Um, and it's not our fault we're struggling and the more aware we are of how the struggle's hitting us the more we can get help that's helpful and mm-hmm. instead of shaming blaming yeah. yeah and and cutting ourselves off from ourselves, which was not helpful yep yeah it's <clears throat> good all right so um what do i do with discomfort i think that that is a a good question for me to look at these different mm, mm. stages of mm. development. It reminds me of a friend, Hud McWilliams, who talked about the whole of maturity is about how do you steward your pain? Mm. And, and uh, so what do you do with discomfort? What do you do with hurt? Where do you go? Um, and um, I, am a, uh, I am a chronic n- number. Mm. Um, and uh, um, pick up a lot of pain as I walk around the world through me, and I'm constantly mm. trying to uh, shut it out, shut it down. And well, even before you're numbing it, like you said, you're an empath, so you're picking yeah. up more pain. Mm-hmm. I think, and you're connected. Right. You feel connected to the greater society, which a lot of people don't. So I think that's meaningful to point out too that you absorb more pain. I think then and you feel it deeper than other people might yeah 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 so i constantly am like how do i make these bad feelings go away Mm. so um so what do we do with discomfort and how do i make bad feelings go away conversation yeah and then how does that relate to moral development Mm. so um i think when i'm operating um and then here's another you know example of this is going through these different stages to where you've done a lot of maturity work so that you can grow well in the current stage you're in and then move well into the next stage and you have these gaps from earlier stages and so you're really if you if you look at this you know developmental growth pathway um, it looks a lot like I do in the rest of my life I have a lot of projects going on that are started and not completed Um, and so (laughs) when I think about like six levels of human development, you're like, oh yeah, he's got a lot of work done in stage one, but that's not complete. And stage two, he's there and three, he's dabbled in that and four, he's got some there. And, um, when I am in those moments when, um, I'm living out of a more developed space where love becomes the guiding motivation for moral action um there is a sense inside me of i think you live here a lot um 
and you wake up in the morning and there is a sense of uh, joy um, in like who you get to wake up with and look in the mirror and see. And um, you haven't even done anything yet that day. You know, you can't say, oh, look at this. I Mm -hmm. achieved these three, you know, got this many items checked off my list. You just wake up and you have this sense of like, almost like God or the heavens just smiling on you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. ah, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to get up. So, I mean, how old were you when you reached that place? Because <laughs> I know I was in my 30s. Like, that, yeah. that didn't come naturally Well, when's the first easily. time I ever t- remember tasting that, right? Like, you know, I probably woke up and, you know, without somebody actually bringing it to me. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. probably easily in my 30s, the first time I ever tasted it. Yeah. Like, really. Um, I mean, other moments I can think back to. Um, you know, moments in high school when I, w- I would wake up and, you know, and taste that. But we're, we're also sort of talking about, hey, where's that place where that becomes... Mm, the norm. Yeah, it becomes the center of gravity. You spend wow. more time there okay. than you don't, right? And I would say I still, am, I, I, I don't live there. Um, and, but having tasted some of these, um, Dan Siegel and some of those neuroscientist guys like to say mm-hmm. things are... Um, you experience a state, uh, sort of a mental state, and if you experience it enough, it becomes a trait, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I would say I've experienced these states mm-hmm. where I've been very present with God's delight in me, mm-hmm. um, and but not stay there enough that I would say, oh yeah, this is really a trait. And here's the other thing: is I think a person can have these as traits and go through sort of seasons of chronic stress mm-hmm. and yeah. pain and, and unlearn a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, I used to be, well, you know, you. so you've mm-hmm. tasted it, but you can no longer access it. Mm-hmm. And then you you kind of go back to an earlier stage. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the stress, the pressure. Yeah, yeah. 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 So if I'm consistently living in that state uh, in relationship to um, just health, Healthy life behaviors. Mm-hmm. And uh, healthy life behaviors, you know, I would say consist of, you know, I imagine the person that can, um, you know, they get up in the morning and they feel pulled into a good, uh, healthy exercise regimen. They're, they're they, you know, I don't feel, um, you know, hit the gym and... I work out and I do some weights and before like the good neurochemicals kick in I have this feeling of like a loving parent took me to the gym like I got there because somebody said hey you're worth a healthy body Mm. Mm. and I feel it inside Mm. and I'm led along and I see the things that would typically you know trip me up maybe along the way a donut or a milky sugary <laughs> coffee and um, and I might feel something inside me that remembers how good it feels to you know get that jolt of caffeine or a jolt of sugar and um, and uh, it doesn't have quite a strong pull on me because there's so much of this other loving presence floating mm. around on the inside. Mm. Like I am, there's a scripture that says, 
you know, I've stilled and quieted my heart like a wean child is my heart within me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you face adversity through a day, um, you have more tools and more resources uh, when things hit you that um, you feel the satisfaction, you know, the same satisfaction in getting a bottle of water and drinking it uh, as you would, you know, a sugary soda or, you know, a whiskey or whatever it is that you're going to do. You, you're making these healthy life choices and they actually feel good inside. So um, that is me. And then everything becomes about love. Right. So it sounds like, um, you know, you're talking about pulling all of you into a love place so that you can bring some rules back in. Yeah, or being pulled. Some, yeah, yes. being pulled. Yeah. Whereas when you're young, you know, like our kids, you do it because I tell you to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you must, if you want computer time, you got to exercise. You know, if you want this, you're going to have to clean your room. Like, there's just some basic rules that they have to follow, and they don't want to do any of that stuff. Right. They don't want to clean or exercise or do anything that's good for them, eat healthy. Um, although I know parts of them really do. <laughs> yeah. But... That and and so that's a stage that's necessary, yeah. Um, for all of us to live through, yeah. Um, and 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 what I hear you saying is, you know, this, you know, once you've tasted enough of that, you know, you move out of I'm doing this because I have to. I'm a I'm a lazy bum if I don't. You know, because right. like, I feel like uh, a lot of us, at least me, because this gets to motivation. I think. Yeah. And. You know, I was an athlete, and so I motivated myself a lot with guilt. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was disciplined, and I might not have acted out for comfort. Right. Um, but I denied myself comfort for yep. a long time because that was the right thing to do, you know, yeah. in, in Delayed sports. Delayed gratification. You know? Yeah. And so I did it, but, you know, there were moments where I tore hamstrings, tore my ACL, you know, trash my wrists and everything because I'm doing, you know, uh, Olympic gymnastics and and my coach tells me to keep keep going even though I've torn a hamstring, right? right. So, um, you know, so yes, we're coming at it from opposite extremes and it's going to look very differently for us. But for me, you know, so then those voices, if I, if I don't want to get up in the morning or if I didn't in my 20s and 30s, if I didn't want to get up in the morning, the coach the voice I heard was, you're lazy, you're good for nothing, you're going to lose, you know, yep. you've got to pull yourself together, you've got yeah. to do, you know, and it was all of this kind of really harsh language. Um, and so I had to let go of that language. I mean, it was through training and train myself to hear Jesus's voice, right? right? Yep. Which it took 20 years. Yeah. You know, it's taken 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And for what it's worth, let's just, let's just label what you're talking about is, okay. I would say is a, is a, a stage two, you know, like you got that behavior because of this sort of stage two framework of being, you know, pushed, not because, I mean, they might've loved you, but the sense was, You've got to do this. You, you're, you, it's, you've got to follow the rules. You know, this, these are the structure. You've got to obey it. Yeah, I have to perform to get loved. I mean, you know, if yeah. I want to be loved, I have to perform. I have to measure up. Yeah, and then a little bit of that stage one, which is seek pleasure and avoid pain. Um, and so it's Right, like, because if I'm not loved, that's painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, so, right, yes. so, the, so, the, so the physical pain of meeting these exercises challenges less 
than the emotional pain exactly, of the, the shame and guilt and yes. anger of your coach and the people training you. Yes, good, well done. And, and I think go, going back to me being um, uh, intimately motivated, it yeah. means that my my relationships are the most important things to me, so that's where I'm gonna feel the most pain, yeah. not necessarily in my physical body, yeah. um, because yeah. I've learned to, I've learned to endure pain physically, right. that's nothing. Right. But to have rejection or not get love, that's really painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and so that's where, I mean, I think it's a good segue to talking about me and, and health. So I think, you know, when I'm operating out of this love stage, it is, it's like, uh, you know, eating a donut really becomes not even a question about me and my health anymore. It's, uh, is there a person in front of me that's eating a donut? And, and would it be great joy to have a donut with this person because they love donuts and they would love someone to eat a donut with like the whole thing about food and health becomes not about me at all, you know, but it's about a much bigger picture, but you're operating out of this base of joy where, you know, you're feeling, you're feeling carried forward in this whole place. So, um, but being able to live in that place presupposes sort of this period that that you're talking about somewhat where you know there is a lot of talk and I think it's good talk I don't understand I haven't read a lot about it but I hear about it and I get the gist of like oh intuitive eating or intuitive exercise Mm -hmm. like I think that if you have enough of you know incomplete stage one development in you and you don't have a whole lot of stage two development right then you get to like intuitive eating. Well, my intuition and is going to tell me. And it's binging, basically. Yeah, like yeah. eat sweets whenever you want because. <laughs> right, right. And and again, it's not judging anybody yeah. for that, but it's saying, totally. you know. And I know other people wow. that I have like, I started Noom earlier this year, and I lost like thirty pounds in four months, and I was having the time of my life. It was so great, and then I got into a stressful season. I got busy, and uh, who knows what else happened. And I just kind of, I just kind of chucked it out the window mm-hmm. and like everything inside me. And some of this was like the ADD, you know, like I have a hyper focus on something for three months and then I run out of focus energy and I completely mm-hmm. chuck it. Um, but, uh, you know, I know somebody who's like, oh, I can't ever do any of those programs because, you know, yeah. um, I beat myself up and they fail and, you know, right. they won't even try. They won't even get into that. Well, and for some, they, they even say it would it would stir up an eating disorder that they have. Right, right. You know? Yeah, it would make me even worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so I get that. And again, that's why there's other factors mm-hmm. uh, going on in this. Right. Um, but, um, but that would be, you know, here is the operant mindset in me. Then when grace and love are not pulling me forward in relationships mm-hmm. with others, mm-hmm. It becomes um, about, uh, um, I might start to like uh, suffer emotionally or I might, you know, look in the mirror and be like, oh, what a big gut. And so lots of shame voices and lots of failure voices um, that are there. And um, I start looking to create lots of rules and rituals uh, for myself. And I, and I, you know, I, I get the setup of, um, you know, that is, that is if, if I stay there and I don't just, you know, completely relapse back down to the earliest, uh, level where I'm either just, you know, indulging myself and or thrashing myself simultaneously. Yeah. Um, 
because I'm not living up to some standard. Um, but, you know, that will be, you know, I have to count my calories every day or I have to um, really disturb, like, any type of rhythms or, mm. um, or even natural spontaneous things that our family might do in order to, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, get myself on a plan. You know, right. so I've got to work really hard. Right. I got to create a rules. I got to create a system. I got to, you know, instead of taking myself to, um, to love, and then maybe looking at well, what are some of the other factors that, mm-hmm. you know, have got you off your plan, or how to engage on this from a heart level? How can, you know, I remember you always used to tell me it's like, well, yeah, okay, you're gonna stick your hand in a cookie jar and have another cookie, but where's can Jesus you feel while you're doing delight that? While you're doing it, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. God is so not delighted with the fact that I'm having, you know, the second row of the sleeve of Oreos. Like, he might have appreciated the first one. Um, but there's no way. But he's still, yeah, he's still glad to be with you. And yeah. I think that if we can tap into his presence, even when we are right. um, doing things like that, that, that we have that joy then to yeah. lift us. Yeah, um, and I think even that language, like, if we can tap into it, like, and, and I think mm. a, a, so here's this thing of, you know, I think about what Paul said, I struggle with all his energy, which works so powerfully in me. Now he's mm, talking about suffering mm. for the gospel. Yeah. But I always look at that as this, uh, this paradox between, is it God that does it or is it us? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that role of our sheer yeah. dogged determined effort? Yeah. Um, and where God, you know, showing up to do it. Yeah. Okay. So let me just try to rephrase what I hear you saying. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, I almost hear you saying, um, moving from kind of a rules based, uh, place one. Yeah. It's into love. Right. Moving yeah. from impulsive and rules based into love because yeah. they kind of like you, I hear you saying you bought back and forth between them. You know, on any yeah. given occasion, you might be eating, overeating and blaming yourself, shaming yourself, which creates more discomfort, which then creates more eating if right. you're in that stage. Yep. But then sometimes there's enough presence to go, no, we need to put rules in to stop that. Yeah. So you put some rules in, really strict rules to stop the impulsivity, you know, from yeah. taking over completely. Yeah. And then you try to move into the love. It sounds like the, the getting into the, the love stage is, is a, very hard. I mean, it sounds really hard for all of us. I mean, yeah. I, it doesn't sound well, like I it comes naturally yeah. or easily. Yeah. And when I, as you're talking about it, I keep getting this image of like waves, you know, like the barrier where the waves are uh, crashing in and, and someone's trying to get out past the waves, right? Into like smooth sailing ocean. Yep. And you're just getting plummeted all the time. Yeah. Hold on. Get past this. And you just get plummeted. Is that the word? Plummeted. 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 Pul- oh. No, you don't get plummeted. You get, you get that word. Um, pummeled. So, pummeled. Is that yeah, the word? You so, get pummeled. so you just get pummeled. Pummeled. <laughs> Tumbled yeah. around. I yeah. don't know. In these waves constantly. Yeah. Getting thrown back on the shore, which yeah. could be impulsive, right? Yep. And getting back into the waves, which is more like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do yeah. this. And the waves are just kicking your butt and they're yeah. just taking it down. Yeah. And, and that, that feels like 
the try hard give up, which yep. we, you know, we've, uh, well, Jeff Van, Jeff Van Bonderen, right. Uh, try hard, give up cycle. And, yeah. and it's, it's so hard to get past that. Yeah. And, and that's why I think so many people are going to hiding. They just go into hiding yep. over it. They, they literally cut themselves off from the impulsive, impulsive part of them, even though it's still acting out. Yeah. They either don't know it is because they are dissociated from it or <laughs> they just, they're not aware it's happening when it's happening. And then it's not until after it happens that they're like, oh, I just ate two sleeves of cookies. How did that happen? Yep. I didn't even know that happened. So there's like this dissociative effect that goes on. So yeah, I think that that's valid to state that it's hard. Yeah. It's very, very well, hard. <laughs> and I would, uh, here is where I think the genius of a really good, solid 12-step uh, program mm -hmm. is that um, you know, it starts and ends with love and it, um, it realizes, I mean, it really realizes it's, it is so highly structured in the sense of what people have to do when they go into a program. Hmm. You know, you start off every meeting, I'm addicted to food or I'm addicted to alcohol or I'm addicted to sex or I'm addicted to, you know, mm -hmm relationships um whatever it is work right church work. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> religious behavior people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and um and then you know and at the same time so you have okay regular meetings and then you have you know uh, programs of getting to know yourself and disclosing and coming out of hiding progressively with others and so it's a rules-based system mm. that consistently brings people into contact with that higher stage development of love um and so uh one of the for instances um mm -hmm. you know it's like hey if you're an emotional struggle and you're about ready to uh act out and eat a sleeve of cookies there's a rule <laughs> to do and the rule is not wow. put the cookies away you know snap mm -hmm. a, you know snap mm -hmm. a wrist you know, snap a <laughs> rubber band on your wrist or <laughs> you know uh, count calories yeah. right it is uh make a phone call yeah and mm. so there's a rule mm. 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 but that rule pushes is, you to relationship pushes you to relationship wow and so wow. and it's not like you know and then you'll you know and and, and i remember giving a, like a phone list a whole group and mm. this is enough people mm. that have said mm. hey sometimes you just need to hear another human's voice Mm. who isn't freaked yeah. out by the fact that you're going to eat a third sleeve of cookies. Yeah. And yeah. they've done that too. And they don't feel like they have to fix you, solve you, yeah. make you better. Yeah, like, how's it going? They're just like, glad You'd to be, be with like, you. Glad yeah, you're going to be like, I'm, my, I'm going to tear my skin off my body. And well, what's it look like outside? You see the birds? <laughs> you know, how's your kid? Okay, I got to go. And you know, literally a 30-second phone call. You're like, oh, wow. I'm not feeling the pull of that wow. addictive behavior. Wow. So I think, you know, right there, you have a stage one, stage two, stage three, yeah. all operating yeah. at the but same time. The hardest thing, though, I think, for a lot of people is to recognize that they're about to eat the third sleeve, right? Yeah. I, I think that's the hardest part. Like, if, if most of us could just be aware enough, and, or not dissociated, but aware enough to go, I'm about to have my third cookie or my third cup of coffee today or my, you know, fifth whatever, or I'm about to work another hour when I need to stop. Yep. You know, I think that to me is like, God, give us the awareness, right? Just give us the awareness to know we need you. Because if we have the awareness, then if we have like these kind of kind of guidelines in place, like you're saying of call someone, you know, yeah. or go connect to Jesus if you yeah. can, right? Like yeah. some of us can 
connect to God. It's not like yeah. we can't do it. We just don't think to. Yep. We literally don't think to. So yeah. I think in, in Luke 10, we're, because we check in and listen as to God to as, as close to daily as possible, we're trying to physically train our body right. to do that, like to yep. automatically yep. do that, like train your body for righteousness, right? If I do it enough times, my body is going to be like, yeah. I need to quiet right yeah. now. Yeah. I need to call someone and check in right now. Yeah. Like I need to listen to Jesus right now. Like, and, and our bodies will help us become more aware you know it, it's a physical training too well and you you really you do set up like uh what do you uh, either neurological or physiological pull forward mm. you know instead of trying to push yourself you get this like you know wind at your back you know that yeah. that you know that that's pushing you but something mm. that's actually mm. pulling you into the positive behavior yes. and you've built it together with others with others yeah yeah and uh yeah. you know when i was away on this hiking trip I just went on thinking you know again I think that probably the the law oriented part of me really you know wanting to thrash me into better behavior in relationship mm -hmm. to health and eating um, I was thinking about uh, my own kids and um, their struggles and their successes mm. you know in some of these areas and I thought you know the thing that gave me life was thinking about like it would be awesome if my kids saw an example of um, somebody that struggles as as much or maybe more than they do mm. get traction wow. in these areas. And what would it be like, you know, not that mm. they came home for Christmas and saw, you know, a Daniel Craig or a George Clooney body for a 50-year-old <laughs> guy. But, um, I mean, you know, you could see that. That'd be nice. But... <clears throat> But just a settledness, mm. you know, inside myself where there was enough quiet mm. and enough joy that I wasn't constantly trying to, um, mm. Mm. to like, to numb an anxiety, like a background anxiety yeah. that's always there. Mm. And, mm. and I was like, that felt so energizing. Wow. Um, that felt like I was pulled mm. forward mm. to be like, wow, that's, that's. Yeah. You know, I'm nervous about are they going to have good jobs? Are they going to get scholarships? How mm -hmm. does college get mm -hmm. paid for? How does that, you know, and how are they going to survive in their adult life? And I'm like, wow, if they've got, you know, good brains inside them mm -hmm. and if they have models that have come before them of like, well, here's what it's like our family to do. Mm -hmm. And then my life essentially mm -hmm. becomes a story of, yeah. yeah, he struggled throughout his whole life. But, wow. you know, but then he came to this place where... Not that he stopped struggling, but there was a greater gravitational center of joy and subtleness in dad. Okay, mm. that's what I'm like. Mm. You know, that's mm. what's, you know. Wow. Um, so I want to say a few things if I can. First of all, thank you for well, talking. Let me say one other thing in that. Okay. I will. Okay. But I think there, right there, that moment, that thought process... One, I went away and I had a lot of time and I had a lot of space. I had a lot of silence. I didn't have all the external demands. Mm. But I would say that's both the grace of mm. God and the healthy state of development alive and active in me mm. that then pulls me into mm -hmm. bigger behavior. But then last night we had my birthday party <laughs> and there was so much food there and it was so good. Which, and I know I ate three or four times I as know, much as I should have. all of us did. You know, it, right, exactly. And that's what feasting, <laughs> feasting is. Feasting like and a celebration, healthy person, right. When they say that, they exactly. don't go, oh, well, I screwed it up. I lost exactly. it all. Exactly. Like, we okay. say that was a feast. But we're feasting a lot in the next month. So, know, yes, it's going to be it's gonna be challenging so as some, it always has is. some limits. But I think that's the kind of thinking that I think about 
the way I think when I'm healthy. Mm, mm. And the thing is like, wow, you know, God, yeah. you know, by grace and relationships lead me into that every day. So there's several things I want to talk about. So I'm going to put a pin in yep. a few of them because I, I don't want to forget what I, what's on my mind right now. But let's talk about healthy rhythms later. Okay. Yep. Um, because I think instead of rules, we use yeah. rhythms a lot. Um, but what I want to say first of all is thank you for talking about this because I, I literally don't carry in my awareness the current struggle you're in. Like, I thought this conversation was going to be about way past stuff. Oh, so, sure. So. But somebody was like, the other day, I was like, if it's a scar, it's safe to talk about. If That's it's a right. scab, if it's you don't want to talk about it. So, oh, no, it just so I just want to say I'm sorry, first Let's... of all, because I didn't realize how, how much you're working through this right now. No, so hey, so sorry. Um, but thank you for, for kind of going there. Um, the other thing is I want to share my version of this because I think it's equally as harmful when it's not in the state you were just described. Okay. Mm. So my version of all of this, right? So when I am living in this rules based or impulse kind of cycle, yeah, it looks like success. Mm. It looks like producing. It looks like I'm rocking it. I, I look fit. Uh, my house is clean. I am, you know, I'm meeting with three people a day and seeing Christ come into their lives. I'm writing a book. I'm doing a podcast. Like, like, I mean, I look like that when I'm healthy too, but when right. I'm not healthy, I look like that and my relationships with my closest people are strained mm -hmm. because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all of those things to feel important or to right. feel valuable, right? right? And that, people can sense that energy, right? And when I show up, a lot of times I'm, I'm you can sense an air of like pridefulness, right? Like yeah. this person, man, they just think highly of themselves, right? Like you, we've all been there. We've all been around people yeah. who have that energy about them. Yeah, when you're like that and we're around, it makes you want to eat food. Exactly, right? So maybe you're, you're the <laughs> fault. I'm just kidding. That's right. So I, I, uh, for the same reasons that you're talking about, I mean, one, my, I want to grow and mature, but I also, uh, I realize, I have realized, I mean, we have a 23-year-old, 20, yeah, and, you know, the first 10 years of her life, I lived that way, mm. full on. And, you know, we've talked, her and I have talked about how, it, you know, because she was, you know, in her mind, it was like, you loved God more than you loved me because I was mm -hmm. doing all this stuff for, you know, for God, quote, end quote, missions and all that. And, and in reality, I was doing it to feel loved. I wasn't doing it for God. I was doing it because I, I didn't know how to feel loved if I wasn't uh, performing, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, for, for me, it actually looks like resting, eating more cookies, eating more ice cream. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Letting my hair down. Getting off of the Letting people performer. celebrate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Letting my house be dirty. Yeah. Let, you know, and, and, but I couldn't, I couldn't just do all of that. It literally, I literally came to a place where I was so physically broken right. because I had two babies and one was in NICU and I, I had three kids and, you know, but one baby's in NICU and I am, my body was literally so broken um, that I could not do anything except pump milk and feed a baby that was, that could have died, right? I mean, and take care of a 13-month-old on top of my eight-year-old, so nine-year-old. So 
I was so physically broken, the house was going to look like it looked. You know, no work was going to get done. I wasn't going to lead anybody to Jesus for three years, right? It's like there was nothing going to happen at all except yeah, survive your today. Yeah, metrics were going way down. And yes, and I remember every day, every day, thank, thank God I knew Emmanuel by then. You know, I knew how to feel his presence and how to find his voice and sense him inside of me. And every single morning I would just lay in bed. And I would, I would say, Jesus, how do you feel about me today? You know, because sometimes I don't, I didn't feel good about myself, you yeah, know, yeah. and I would sense him come in and hold me and tell me how much, he, how proud of me he was mm -hmm. because I'm his, not because I'm performing, not because I can do all these things I can do, but because I'm his and because I'm letting go, you know, of the performance stuff. And, yeah. and that was years every single day, every yeah. single day, right? So like the breaking into different paradigms are forged through suffering yeah. and hopefully through some good relationships and coaching while we're in that, that tumultuous, you know, season that could last our whole lives for some of us, right? Right. Um, and then, like you said, in any given moment, that can come back up, you know, in me. Like any given moment, when I had COVID, you know, I started to feel some of that. I'm worthless. I'm, you know, yeah. But I know how to bring Jesus, bring those parts to Jesus now to feel the comfort that they need um, and, well, and, and move you, into love. Yeah. And you have enough sort of structure and rules in place that if you can't get there, you're like, I need to call someone and reach exactly. out to well, help me do well, these I things. That we I, have enough structures in place that every single day we're checking in. Yeah. So yeah. every single day with my children at the dinner table with you and whoever adult is at our table, I'm, I'm, I'm invited to show up with my heart. So, right. so every day I get a chance to say, you know what? I feel like crap today. I feel like, you know, I don't belong here. I feel like God doesn't even love me. And, you know, and y'all aren't going to try to fix me or change right. me. You're just going to ask me what I need. And, and I, I know it's safe for me to show up real like that mm. uh, whenever I'm tempted, you know, and, and I have, I've showed up and said, you know what? I worked too long today, y'all. And or I've worked a, a whole week and I've worked way too much. I need to stop, you know, and, and just be able to share that is super helpful. Um, but that, so that energy for me, I can feel it because it feels like I'm not proud of myself at all. I am so nested in the fact that everything I do is by the grace of God, everything, because it's all been taken away from me mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And I have been brought to nothing where I physically and emotionally cannot write one word or do one thing. Right. So the fact that I have a podcast and books in writing and leading an organization and all this, it's not, it's not because I'm striving. It's because of God's grace. Right. And I, I feel that so to the core of my bones <laughs> that there's no... Oh, I'm so good. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been pressing on. Yeah, you've I'm been like, led into I've got a place my nose of... to the grind, and I'm just look at what I'm doing yeah. for God. It's like, man, that's been destroyed. That, that whatever that was that was in yeah. me has been destroyed completely yep. through yep. pain yep. and suffering. And now I literally just wake up and go, What do you want me to do today, Jesus? Oh, you want me to? Well, I think about Kent's question of, you know, how do you want to play today? How do you want to play today? Right. And sometimes it's go back to bed, and I go, Okay. Okay, and I go back to bed. And sometimes it's, you know, talk to your husband about walking like Radnor and recording something. Does that sound fun, Tony? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun, Jesus. You know, but I know that everything I do, it's only by his grace that I have the energy to do it because I have had seasons yeah. where there's been no energy yeah. to do anything. Yeah. Right? I mean, all summer I didn't have a podcast because right. it wasn't there. 
Yep. I just wasn't there. I wasn't, yep. wasn't going to force myself to do something that Jesus wasn't yeah, in or that I wasn't in. And yeah. So I went like five months without recording a podcast, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to, in quotes, against right? The, for the rules, this is against right. the rules. You know? And I was like, and Jesus hasn't told me what to do, so I'm not going to do mm. it. <laughs> My heart's not leaning. You know? So I think that, you know, hopefully when our families are together, Christmas, you know, in particular, I'm hoping our children feel, wow, mom isn't driven. Yeah. Mom isn't driven. And she's not putting the tasks of the house over us. She's not, you know, I, and, mm-hmm. and that they feel rested and, and safe in a messy home. Yeah, they're not like know. in duck and cover mode. Right. Yeah. Or the room's so tense because mom wants everything perfect that we all, you yeah, know, if just, I have a candy uh, we're going to go table, hide. Then, yeah, it's a bad day. <laughs> So it is fascinating how we look so different, you know, when we're in these similar stages. Yeah, yeah. Almost opposite. Almost right. opposite. And yeah. that's so you have interesting. A, you, have a, you have a legacy of overperforming, and I, uh, I, have, a, I have a glorious <laughs> legacy of, of underperforming in relationship to in relationship to a lot of our personal and household and oh my you know kind of stuff. My overperformance will you know, show up in some addictive drive. Well, and not that we're talking about marriage, although we could go there completely. But I do remember um, one thing that was so helpful for me was when I started resenting you or anyone else in the family. Yep. I realized that's my red flag that I am doing too much, Mm. that I am acting out of those other two stages. Yeah. Because if I'm resenting you, it means I need to rest. It doesn't mean yeah. you need to do more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, you know, again, as an athlete driven like that, you're on a team, you know, and if yeah. you're pulling all your weight, you need to guilt everybody else to pull some weight too. Yep. So that's yeah. been a chronic struggle of mine as well as to go, if I, if I'm, if I'm wanting other people to pull their own weight, yeah. I need to drop some things and go spend time with Jesus. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Find <Yeah>. myself <laughs> yeah. and just let it go. This doesn't have to happen. You know, whatever yep. it is that I think needs to happen doesn't. Oh. Mm. They're so cute. Puppies. There's so much life. Whatever it here. is that, you know, I think needs to happen just doesn't need to happen. Yeah. So. Thank you for listening to this week's Struggling to be Joy-Filled and Jesus-Led. Until next time.